So, the truth is that in, in the various places where this chapter is quoted, it is oftentimes just a continuation of the last chapter. So, in the last simon, we learned about the incredible value about learning the halachas of any given mitzvah. And that on some level it is equal, on some level, and especially in cases where you can't actually perform the mitzvah, so the learning of the halachas accomplishes that same thing. We have that concept by korbonus, by uh, things that <coughs> we can no longer do. And that there were in times, actual advantages to learning the halachas over performing the mitzvah. Now, what happens, however, when you're dealing with the majority of Torah, which is the mitzvah's leisase? So there, you can't have the same concept of learning it as, as if you did it, because we don't want to do it, right? So there you have, sometimes you have this concept where Yoshev <clears throat> Leover Avera, if a person had an opportunity to uh, violate a mitzvah, a thou shalt not, and he didn't do it, is ki'ilu ki'im, there it's, it's as if he fulfilled a mitzvah. But that's only if the situation presents itself. What do you do if you have a halacha that is one of those things that's never going to happen? So how do you have the ki'ilu ki'im as if you did it with that kind of mitzvah? That's what we're going to discuss here. So, let's see what he says. Page 318. How do we understand the details of halachas that are just so uncommon? They're so uncommon that they simply cannot happen. For sure, if they never happened in the past, certainly in the times of Mashiach, where we're going to be dealing with a perfect world, certainly these really out the, way out there uh, far-fetched cases, as they say in Yiddish, are not going to take place. For instance, <coughs> the laws of a Kayin who intentionally distorts it's the eating time of the carbon or various times of, of the, the, with the placement of the blood and so on. So, that requires a really crooked kayin. Well, that's certainly not something that's common to most of us. And even if you're a kayin, certainly lost at Lavai, they're not going to want to do any shtick like that. So, what's the point of learning those halachas? Hinemadazes. <clears throat> Everybody knows. We discussed this mamash in the early Prakimintanya that every forbidden substance in the world forbidden action its source its roots are in the world of the dark side were that not the case that it's deriving its sustenance from Ra it could not simply exist at all in the world, built the Hashbel unless Hashem were sustaining it. To the degree that like it says about Yosef HaTzadik, that he was, he played with his hair, and simple things that are simply just not godly things, 
At the time that the person is distracted and they're not fulfilling the will of Hashem, they are fulfilling, they are receiving their sustenance from they're receiving at that time, during that time period, the person is living off of a source that is outside of the realm of Kedusha. Therefore, even those details of the forbidden, even though they, even though they cannot physically take place in this physical world, the root of their life existence, their existence comes from the world of the Klippes. Are you going to say, what about all the many offshoots of those things? Even the details that we're going to say never took place and never can take place. <laughs> For instance, you have mistaken things, the halachas that are based on errors. Now, why would you say that a person who made us, who goofed up by mistake, is deriving their kayach at that moment from evil? They did it by mistake. For instance, there's a halacha where somebody's standing and he's counting his animals as they're coming out of the pen for the purpose of Miser. And he calls by mistake the ninth one, he calls it ten. Ukai Gavna. That you can't do, it's something that cannot ever be violated on purpose, because if it's done on purpose, then the halacha doesn't apply. It only applies when you do it by mistake. Therefore, Leah's klipa shirtles, and why would the klipa rest upon, meaning why would it be that it's being sustained from the dark side? And it's entirely possible to He says, perhaps the truth is <coughs> that that halacha of a shaygeg is really not receiving its sustenance from the klipa. Now, in the brackets, he writes, Nearly, it occurs to me, it certainly seems to me, when he writes that it might entirely be possible, he, he didn't have clarity in this matter. Why not? Because those mitzvahs or averis that are done by mistake, those averis come from klipas naiga, which is a pariv klipa. So it's certainly not from the world of evil, it's from a world that's that's pariv. But, <clears throat> so, what's going to be with all these things, and what's the point of, of, of learning them, and certainly loss and love in the world to come when these things are not going to be shy, because it's going to be a world that, where there is only good, the klip is going to be gone. What role do all these things play? What's the point of learning them? If if they can't happen, going to be Chicago in No, nonetheless, al kapanim they certainly exist in some way. Lahavdil, meaning he's making a separation here between the world of the klipa that he just discussed 
and lahavdo bechach meila to separate many separations between the world of the klipa <coughs> and the highest wisdom. That was explained in all of its details to Moshe Rabbeinu Bissinai. Kemaimer, as the Gemara says, Ma shekol tamid vosik osid lechadish. Every detail that any student of Torah is destined to be mechadish until Mashiach's day, everything was showed to Moshe Rabbeinu Bissinai. And and he in in, in uh, Lakuta Torah he adds with their names. So and so, Rameir says like this, and Rabbi Yehuda says like that. All of that was revealed to to Moshe Rabbeinu. <clears throat> What's more, that includes v'chol pratei boys to Rabbi Yermia, who um, over there there's a, there's a Gemara that talks about these these impossible cases to the degree where they, where they told her they chased Rabbi Yermia out of the Bismedish because he was coming up with such. Far-fetched, you know, things that could never take place. Enough, they said. Yermia held that that the Torah has go, goes to continues on infinitely. It's all chachmila in Perik Dalad Duchulit. What's the point? Because due to the fact the Torah is comprised of the highest wisdom, he bebchinas ain't safe. Just like the Rebbeinu himself is ain't safe. His Torah is ain't safe. And if his Torah is ain't safe, that means every one of Rabbi Yermia's is of what would happen if, as um, impossible as they sound, every one of them still explains some facet of the Chachmielah, which is infinite. Right? Is who the Bibchidis ain't safe? Hamaluvish Baba Payal Mamish. Every time a person learns Torah, and this is really important for us to know because at some point someone is going to ask you, you know, what do you need to study all these these areas of Torah that are never going to happen and they're impossible and so on? And the answer is, I'm not studying them for practical reasons. Yes, I should be learning, you know, the laws of Shabbos and the laws of washing my hands and brachas and so on first. But the fact is that no matter what it is we're learning in Torah, it is a chelik of chachmilam. I'm I'm delving into Hashem's wisdom, and it doesn't have to be applicable or practical in life. V'chol prat halacha, every detail of any halacha whose sayer is a hair, nimshach mechachmilah diyosid brata umeluvash ba, haKadosh Baruch Hu is. Contained therein, and and through it, the Rebbeinu passes through his um, presence into the worlds of Bria and Yitzira and Asiya. Now, the example he used was a hair. What's up with the hair? Why do we have hairs on our head? Some of us, because the hair is a fascinating thing. There certainly is. In the some life in hair, because when you cut it at the end, it continues to grow. Now, if it's dead, how does the message ever get back to the root of the hair? So there's some chios in it. Yet we know that most people don't have nerve endings in their hair. They don't scream out of pain when they get a haircut. So it's a very small amount of chios that's in the hair. So too, every detail of halacha is kaviyochel from the Rebbeinu has some life in it 
akin to the life that exists in a hair that's on top of the head that contains the chachma. <coughs> Yet, yeah. it is known. Where do the klipas live, live off of? How do they get their life source? They get it from the rejects, <coughs> the backside of the ten spheres of Kedusha. And specifically, they leech off of the levushim of the external component of the ten spheres that exist in the three lower worlds, and especially in the last lower two worlds, those two worlds, remember we discussed last time that in, in Yitzira, there's half evil, half good, and in Asiya, in our world, it's Rubaira, its majority is evil. That they live off of the external manifestations of the Yud Svirus. Now, here he gets into okay, so what do we accomplish? Get a load of this. When a person spends his time delving into these halachas that appear to be so remote and he does so with speech and with thought the person is able to do a selection and a separation and an elevation just like we talked about last week that when a person does a mitzvah he elevates the sparks of the esrig of the cloth of so on so too when a person learns the halachas of the loisase, he can he creates a separation within the realms of the klipa to remove their chius from these areas. So there's a direct benefit of categorical separation between toiv and ra when a person learns these halachas. Kameshikosa <coughs> Like the Arizal writes in the Tikkunah, Virei Mahemna, and as is in the Zayar, La'afrasha, that Lima the Torah separates between good and evil. <coughs> this stems very much with what we learn in the Gemara, Mimasha Amru, Al Shalebech, Batarit Chil. The Gemara the Seris, Ama of the Aretz. Why did we lose Eretz Yisrael? So there's various opinions, and the Gemara says, Al Shalebech, Batarit Chil. They learned, they, they performed mitzvahs, they did all kinds of good stuff. They didn't say Birchas Atar. So maybe they didn't say Birchas Atar. Why wouldn't they say Birchas Atar? So he says that the word Barech means from a language of Brecha is a pool. And a Brecha is something you draw out of. Shalei Baruchu Batayratchila means that they didn't withdraw from Kedusha to infuse their Torah with the presence of HaKadosh Baruch There was a separation even within Torah between the wisdom of Torah and the creator of the world. And that separation continues to thrive in our times. That the Torah has nothing to do with God. 
So you're learning for the sake of learning, that's what you're saying. Without any involvement of the Rebbe <coughs> How do we create that there should be a Ber That is by drawing the Infinite One to connect back the Rabbi Shalem and infuse his Torah with his presence. And when the Zara Kodesh talks about that with wisdom selection takes, a pl- takes place, that's talking about Ba'ar Ein Saif Shabbat. When a person brings the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, three quarters of the Seif of is based on this Yisait, putting, reconnecting the Rabbi Nishlein with Torah. <coughs> How do you do it? He says an incredible Yisait. Mamshachazu, you know how this happens? Every one of us has a partner presence upstairs, the source of the neshama. And when we learn something here, we connect up with our neshama above, and that neshama above, when we're sitting and studying here, our neshama in its source above is also doing the same thing. And it's able to receive this and infuse this light with, of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu into the Torah through its heavenly connection. And there's all kinds of fascinating things in Svar uh, about how a person connects to his neshama above and how we're able to you know, see to it. I've shared with you in the past that the Pisets and the Rebbe once says that you have these times and you just feel really just something's wrong and you can't figure out what it is. It's like I'm in a bad mood, but I don't know why. Well, go see a doctor. What do you mean? You're in a bad mood and you can't figure out why? He says it's because the neshama is out of sync with its neshama above. And when a person is synchronized with their neshama above, then they feel in place. So when we're studying here and we remember that what we're doing is learning the Chachma Ilah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then our neshama above is able to withdraw and be Barech B'Tayr Tchila. He's able to receive from the source above. The neshama above is not Mary, is it? Is what? The neshama above is not Mary. <laughs> I'm not so sure. No, Edit Yuvan. This is wild. The um, the first thing that Tanya printed halachically was the laws of Talmud Torah. Printed it namelessly. And first there were copied editions of it. And there's a fascinating story that's brought in many different places about the first print of this. I shared with, with somebody this story. So, there was a um, a younger man who had one of the copies of this. This fellow, um, his father was of the disciples of the Vilna Goyen. And his son went off and became a chassid. And his father excommunicated him. 15 years went by and somebody got involved and made peace 
and he came back to meet with his father and his father was blown away by his progress that he had made over these years in the military his father was going through his things he found this written copy of the laws of Talmud Torah. he was so excited about it that he went to Vilna and presented it to the Goyen and the Goyen read it and said whoever wrote this knows Kola Kula knows everything the entirety of Torah this fellow thought that his son had written it and then they printed it and they printed it without <coughs> without a name and again it was especially now with the Goyen Zaskama everybody was learning it until it came out that it was the Baltanias writing and then they had no you know <coughs> what were they going to say <coughs> <coughs> one of the things he writes there is that every Neshama has an obligation to learn all of Torah on all four levels Remez, Pshat, Drush and Said and if we don't and we come back again and again and again until we do so this, with this we understand the obligation of every soul that we all have to fulfill all of the 613 mitzvahs in thought, in deed, and in speech all the details of these and we're going to have to come back again and again to finish off our study of Torah in all four levels to be able to make all of the selection that are relevant to those neshamas from all the 288 sparks that can, that comprise a complete structure of a person so based upon what he's saying here it is obligatory and now we understand why, because every neshama above is comprised of this entire structure, and you got to feed every element of it with this baruch hu Now, tariag bechinus. There are six hundred thirteen levels: Claudius, generalities, upratius, and their details. So that's all true now in the world that requires birudin, that requires this selection of these two hundred eighty-eight sparks. But what happens in the time to come when that's all going to be accomplished already and that's a world of perfection? What's the point then? But in the world to come, when it'll be already perfected, then the study of Torah is then all that's involved, there's no there's no veering away from evil because the evil doesn't exist anymore. Then all of the study of Torah is going to be done in the realm of only doing good. Well, what's going to happen to the, all the sections of Torah that deal with the, the don'ts? <clears throat> so what's going to happen then? It's There is no limit to how much elevation will be able to be accomplished through the study of Torah. Ad ain't safe. Because we're dealing with infinity, and infinity is pretty far away. Even with the 365 mitzvahs that we're not allowed to do, in their source above, they are mitzvahs, I say, are chasodim. 
Mitzvahs loisas they are gvures. Now gvures are not bad things. They are gvures kedushas ulam tikan bechsadim, and they're tempered with chesed beremach mitzvahs asay. Because on yochel, our job then will be to draw into the world holy gvura and temper them with chesed. The alkein atayra kula nitzchis. Therefore, the entirety of Torah is eternal. Bechlala ubeprota in every detail. Meaning, we're going to continue studying Torah with the with the Rambam and with the Shulchan Aruch and with all of the halachas of of every detail of a Ben Sirei and all the things that could never happen because all of it is required in order to bring about <coughs> these holy gevuras. Shigam prote halachas deshasoloisase. Even the details of the halachas of loisase of the thou shalt not heinhen anofim. They're all branches meaklolois of the generalities. Viesh lekulon shirish lemaila. All of them have a root, a source above. Hey, gvuris de kedusha of the five gurus of kedusha kamei shasol loisase atzman, just like the three hundred sixty-five mitzvahs themselves. Shen lemaila b'chinas hadam hamachaye varim dekelim dezerampin. Again, he concludes with Kabbalistic jargon of upstairs. They are the blood that um, sustains the avarim of the kalim of Zerampin. And that aspect of it is re- just as relevant, Blasid Lavoy, as it is in our world now. So, there, so basically, there's two stages. In the world where we exist now, when we're still involved in the tikkun of the Reish Pechas Nitzaytzin, so when we're learning the Allah essay, that selection is taking place. In fact, the only way for it to take place in our day is through learning these halachas, because we can't do them. So that's how the selection takes place in our world. Lost in love, the, the study of the Mitzvah's essay has a completely different goal, and that will be fulfilled in Yemai Sabashiach. Thanks, a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, man.